Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Behind the Sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Nate, joined here by Pastor Jeremy. Hello. And we're going to talk through uh, this week's message, and we're going to talk through probably other things that are happening behind the scenes at the church. And uh, thanks for hanging in and listening with us. For those of you who do listen, we appreciate it. Obviously, you know, maybe you don't realize this, it takes a little bit more work than, um, you know, than it takes to just listening. And here we are. We are halfway through the year. We've done it for half the year, which is amazing. Yeah. So let's keep riding this through the end of the year. And um, if you're listening today and you don't know how to subscribe to a podcast, about time to learn. That way (laughs) you're not waiting for us to post about it for you to remember to listen to it. And um, if you got an iPhone, open up your podcast app or open up your Spotify app and subscribe. Look up Behind the Sermon podcast and subscribe, and then it'll notify you every time there's a new episode. And um, we want you to learn and grow, not just with our podcast, but with some of the other podcasts that we've recommended throughout the uh, year so far. Yeah. We are officially, we are at the top of the list when you search because we are the most consistent. There was like maybe three other churches that had done behind the sermon they tried to do something like it but we now have the most episodes and so we're at the top of the list so we're even easier to find now i'm i've been liking (laughs) it because i re-listen to it after yeah just because sometimes there's been a couple episodes i've been so tired that i had to like (laughs) re-listen to it maybe we should delete that but i've been surprised some of the content I feel like has been really good. Yeah. The things we've talked through Agreed. and we've taught about. Um I think uh I think I think they're worth the forty five minute investment. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was nice to finally be on the consumer end last week because we were at, at Wyoming. Right. And so it was nice to just have Wednesday came and my phone went off on Spotify and was like, hey, new episode. And I had no idea how any of that went. I didn't even know where they were recording. And normally, even if I'm not in it, I've seen the lead up to it. And so it was really fun to kind of just be a consumer and listen. And it was, it was really good. Like yeah, not being in it. It was really fun. Yeah. It was great. A great episode. Stephen Haley and Michelle did awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for me, I think I feel like a pressure about prayer, like, insecure about it. I don't pray enough. Mm. Yeah. Going into this sermon this week. It's just, and I listening to Michelle in the podcast last week was helpful because it was like, no, we pray all the time. Yeah. 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 We pray all the time and we've seen God answer a lot of prayers. And anyway, you just end up condemning yourself. Um, we pray a lot more than I give myself credit for. Yeah. I think because I'm, because I'm not, um, locked down in the church by myself at five in the morning. It doesn't count. Right. Like I think that's some of probably the pressure, like, Mm. because the way I pray isn't the format that Christianity taught you 
Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost less formal. And so if it's not the formal, you don't count it the same. Right. Right. So just being like, Oh God, thanks for this. Like that still counts, but would you count it as like, you took time to pray to God? Right. I would say it's like, um, when you're newlywed and if your spouse complains, like we haven't had a date night and then you'd be like, don't you realize our whole life is a date night? There's just <laughs> the two of us. We've had dinner together Yeah. every day. We've had meaning com- meaningful conversation. We've been making out like our whole life is a date. <laughs> what do we do different? Yeah. Wear a button up shirt. Yeah. But no, it, I want to do like, the formal version the formal of a date. If it doesn't include a tip to a waiter, it doesn't count. <laughs> it's not a date. And uh, I think that's probably some of the same pressure. Like, wait, my whole life is a date with God. Like, we're hanging out mm. all the time. We're yeah. talking. My car rides are talking with him. My my bedtimes are talking with him. Like, I'm just constantly asking him and yeah. processing with him and thanking him. So... Anyway, it was awesome that Michelle reminded me of just some different testimonies too yeah. that were like brought tears to my eyes as I was laying in a bunk bed in Wyoming, <laughs> just thinking, yeah, that's right, God, you've, you've got us. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel the same, like the, the pressure of prayer time, like always trying to like, God wants us relationally before he wants us to religiously do anything, but I always find myself falling into the trap of like, whatever. Oh man, I should like use a habit tracker to see how much I really do pray. And then it becomes like, am I really just keeping a scorecard? Cause I feel more spiritual because of those reasons. Or, you know, you spend prayer time and you're like, you almost set expectations like, Oh, in my prayer time, if God isn't speaking to me, changing my life, moving mountains, um, did I really do it right? Like I, I still always have to fight through that and work through like, no, it's like not every conversation you have in a relationship is going to be life altering in that moment. But the the continuance, the continuous prayer is what's important. One of the things that I'm working on in this season and not deliberately, mm-hmm. it just has happened through the podcast I've been listening to is, um, which came out in my message a lot this week because I was trying to pass along what I'm learning and doing, but it's just hanging out with God with no agenda. Yeah. Um, So the Peter Scazzaro podcast right now, he's been ending his podcast with a minute of silence. Yeah. And a very alarmingly loud bell. I don't know if that happens every time. It definitely happened the first time. This last, this last week I listened to it. I was out. I was like running and listening to it and that bell scared me. It was so like the first time too, because I was, I don't, I was, um, I was doing yard work and I tell you what, by the time he starts talking that minute's over, it feels like it's been an hour. Like I'm, I'm in a whole nother atmosphere and out in 60 seconds. Yeah. And then when he's like, thank you for joining us for the podcast. I'm like, I forgot I was listening to a podcast. Like, where am I right now? <laughs> but he's been doing, yes. he's been talking about that. And I've been listening to another podcast, uh, Leadership Anxiety by Steve Cuss, C-U-S-S. And uh, someone recommended his book. So then I found out he had a podcast. I haven't bought the book, book yet, mm. but I started listening to his podcast. And he's a pastor 
and his wife's a counselor. So similar to Michelle and I. Oh, yeah. But older, uh, different culture. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know where he serves now, but I don't think it's in the U.S. And um, and he, he has been in a series with Ruth Haley Barton. I know the name, but I don't remember what books or anything she wrote. Yeah. I've heard that name, but they've been talking a lot about solitude, solitude and having no agenda and just enjoying God. And so I've just been pretty deliberate over the last month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Our circle is going through the, off of your recommendation, the, the restless elimination of hurry. And that week that he talked about like silence and solitude, all of us were like, yeah, this is probably something we need to invest in. And, yeah. and work on because it's hard and you want those moments of prayer to be something big and you know it's like it's not enough sometimes to just be sit still yeah I mean, I'm trying to spend time with God and not do all the talking yeah it's, uh, you know if you spend one-on-one time with me as some of the people in the <laughs> Wyoming mission trip realize like I don't talk and I can yeah. make people uncomfortable uh, nervous. I like, finally I figured. That, I finally figured that out. I forget what it was. The last long car ride we had it was just like, I'm not stressed anymore. I figured it out. He's not waiting for me to say something good. We can just be in silence, <laughs> and it did make it a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> when my brother and I went to West Virginia earlier this year, it was like a six or eight hour car ride, and uh, we didn't listen to a podcast or music or nothing. We didn't even hardly talk. Uh, we we're talking like. Probably like 35 minutes of conversation in an eight-hour uh, car ride. All right, I couldn't do that. I, I told him he could listen to music, but we listened to different music. Eight hours of silence or eight hours of Lil Wayne. I don't think he <laughs> listens to that. Neither do I. Right. That's what I mean. Like, oh, gosh. I'd rather the silence. Yeah, I don't even know who he listens to. But anyway, sorry, I cut you off. You 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 try and spend some time where you're not so I, talking. Yeah, so I just, I don't have any agenda. Mm. It's just, I get my coffee and I sit down and I'm like, good morning, God. And then I just breathe. Yeah. Just, I think that's been really healthy for me. What, um... Like, what does that continue to look like for you? Like, that's that's it. If people are going to try and do to do that, it's like that's that's all that happens ninety percent of the time. Yeah, at least and, for a portion of it. Yeah, right. I'm trying to do that every day. Just sit, do nothing. So I'm not daydreaming or taking a nap. Right. Right. But I'm just like, hey, God, good to be here with you. And then, you know, kind of like when I got back from um, Wyoming. And my kids got got home because they they were at different locations, and mm. then they had a party after. So when they got home, it was like six o'clock at night. We're finally seeing each other after. And so a bunch of hugs go around, and then we just all sat together on the couch and caught up on Obi Wan. Yeah, and that was it. It was just being together. Yeah, uh, and so I'm trying to. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. It's just, yeah. hey God, I'm just gonna be with you right now. If you want to talk to me, you want to correct me, you want to anything in my life you get full access yeah. but I'm not going to sit here and just tell you a bunch of things or, or, or feel yeah. pressure like I'm just going to enjoy yeah. being around you right now so. I feel like that'll be that's a pretty hard thing for people to try like for the first time like to work through because I 
after listening through that podcast, like that's what I've been trying to do. Um, I've been, I've been working through like, I'll try and go for a run or a fast walk, depending on how fat I'm feeling that day. And then I'll get to a certain like landmark where I'll take my music out and I won't, I won't push as hard. And I'm just trying to like, all right, this is just the silent time I have. I'm stuck out here. I'm going to walk all the way back in silence and try and do that. And one, I'm really bad at it. So I feel like a lot of people will be pretty bad at it. I realize I'll be, have, I'll have trailed off and just started thinking of other things. Either way, it just comes down to that. Like when we were talking about like the pressure, like I feel like it's so hard not to take, to take the pressure off. It's so hard to take it off. Cause you're like, ah, dang it. Sorry, God, I'm not doing this right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every step of the way, ah, I started thinking about work or I started thinking about um, what I'm going to have for dinner when I get back or whatever. Uh, sorry, God, I'm not good at this. And I'm like, just like always trying to push in. Um, did you feel like you had that a similar? Well, like, I always daydream, right? I'm yeah. always daydreaming. Right. So my time, what I, what I do during this time is I just thank God. So as soon as I find myself veering off, because I always do, mm. I'm just like, man, you know, thank you God for the beautiful day outside. Yeah. And I just think about that. Try and I just, back in. just think about the goodness of God. Thank you. Mm. You know, if I, if I start thinking about work, man, thank you God for the church. And I just started, started thinking about the things that God's been doing. Yeah. Um, and it's good. You're like guiding your thoughts back in. Yeah. Like, all right, well, this is related to you in this way. Back to you. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's good. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not doing it. I've tried to do that for like an eight hour day, which is beyond my, it's like me trying to run a marathon. Right. Beyond my capabilities <laughs> yeah. right now. Maybe yeah. one day I'll get there. Yeah. But it's just a daily slow down and, yeah, I, li I like that you kind of challenged us to do it this week, like to set the timer and take some time. Like, I think that's something I forgot. I said that. But yeah, that's yeah, exactly out of what I've been doing. Yeah, I think that's good. And the whole idea, like the timer is. It's not like you're limiting your time of prayer. You could do that longer. The timer's for you. Make sure your attention span makes it. No, no, it's not minute. a pressure. Right. It's not a pressure. Oh, yeah. So I just figure if I don't set a timer, I might think 10 minutes went by and it was two. Well, no, set a timer, <laughs> set a timer. But I think you said, make yourself pay attention. No, it's like, just get, just set the timer. Right. So, but just get lost in God. Yeah. So if we're going to go back to the newlywed date analogy, like just sit and hold hands. Yeah. You know? And you know, set a timer. So, you know, if you're so busy, just set the timer, just stop, relax, stop running around doing chores. Right. Yeah. Um, and do that as permission, not as pressured as permission. Right. I can stop and just enjoy God for 10 minutes. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And I think that's the, the timer motivation. Did you, a, did you try and pursue that? even on like the Wyoming mission strip, did you still try and find the time? Like when it gets busy, are you still like looking at the calendar, trying to find a free? And it was different because we were also in like a ton of prayer time. Right. It's not like we didn't do anything for God. That yeah. Week, there was right? a lot of, <laughs> it's, 
a lot of group prayer 14, and 14 services. And, um, when we, st- I, st- I ended the week less exhausted than I started the week because I was finishing up my last class mm. for the masters. We had all the stress of closing out restoration recovery and yeah. meeting with state fire marshals and all the staff stuff for the last month and a half. Right. So I walked into it absolute, well, not absolutely depleted, but deeply about Pretty Wednesday, close. I, my energy was picking up. So yeah, I was being deliberate about. Yeah. And we got to witness taking some the peak and, energy first and second service. sleep deprived pure energy it was pretty great i got a lot of people a lot of people messaging being like man i like tired nate there's something about tired exhausted nate overly exhausted nate that is awesome so mostly mostly it's all positives that came from that so in case you were going to listen back and be like oh no i don't want to hear it i got a lot of positives about your message uh, the one was it about my message or just about my Crocs? We were just <laughs> no. enjoying that, and it overshadowed everything else. The Crocs, yeah, the Crocs were funny. <laughs> A lot of people like the Crocs, but no, they liked it too. The one thing that I thought would be kind of cool to talk through, I don't know if we were able to get through it on second service, but obviously, second service is a much smaller majority than who watches first because we're streaming first and those are going to their locations we weren't we were never really able to get into the last the last p of prayer right Right. so i didn't know i think it this is be a great opportunity for us to be able to talk through it um yeah there were three things and and so first service i never said it i just (laughs) ran out of time yeah and i was like we're closing band come on up (laughs) uh so prayer prepares Prepares our hearts, prepares the atmosphere for a miracle. Mm-hmm. Prayer prevents, so it prevents injustice. We did talk about Roe versus Wade a little bit there. Yeah. And then it prevents the enemy from landing punches on us. We talked about Mike Tyson. Yep. Yeah, for a that was while. good. And then the last one was prayer predicts. So what you pray about is what will happen. Right. And so what you don't pray about will never change. So... Will my, will my child ever come to know the Lord? Well, are you praying about it? No. Mm. Well, no, then. Then no. Will my child ever come to know the Lord? Are you praying about it? Yes. Yeah. You pray with, you mean you can have, you feel with faith. Right. And I think we automatically doubt it. Well, what if I have that much faith and it doesn't happen? Well, then you I wouldn't even worry about that. Yeah. Just pray in faith. Just pray in Right. What if I pray for healing and I don't get healed? Why even worry about that? Right. Just pray with confidence that you're going to be healed. I, I have heard that. I've heard people, they're more afraid of their prayers not being answered than actually praying. Like that whole, that whole idea of like, well, if I pray for healing and it doesn't happen, then like, what's going to happen. Like, like then I might lose my faith versus if I don't pray for it, then I'm not, I can't be mad at God for not answering it. Like that is, but then again, like then we're not really spending that time with God asking him to change and move in our life or, or anything. And so like, what do you, what do you, um, what do you do? You pray for something that doesn't happen. 
what would you work through for that? Well, I trust God with the results. Yeah. And I think that's the, it's trusting God above all else. Mm. So if I pray, you know, go back to 2014, Michelle almost dies. If I'm praying, God heal my wife and he doesn't, and she passes away. Do I walk away from God in that? I don't think so. I don't think I would. Right. Obviously, I don't have to live through it, but it wasn't like I wasn't starting to get panicked. God, if you don't come through, I'm done. Like right. none of that was going through my thoughts. It right. was, all right, God, how are you going to care for us afterward? How are you going to equip mm. me afterward? Um, I trust God. If If I'm praying for God to do a miracle for the church and the miracle doesn't happen, I'm like, well, I was praying, so God, I trust your wisdom. You yeah. must have something else. If there's a tragedy and I'm praying for someone to be healed and they're not healed and they pass away, well, I'm trusting God yeah. that, um, you know, that he's going to work all things out according to his good. So yeah. I don't believe that every death is God-ordained, mm. that people can be lost to cancer and overdose and murder, like just there's tragedies. Right. But that God will still work out that tragedy for his glory and for right. his purpose if we allow him to, if we mm-hmm. don't disengage. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think it's just trusting him yeah. and letting him <clears throat> let excuse me, letting him work it out. Yeah. It's a good red flag too in your life of what you're what you're not trusting God with, the the prayers you're giving up on. Really the only reason you'd give up, I feel like, is because you're losing faith that God could do that. Right. Or or you're scared that you'll lose your faith, I guess. But but so for me, I have family members that I don't pray for very often. Um, not that I don't want them to meet Jesus, but part of me deep inside feels like losing faith that those people would ever want to turn to Jesus. Right. And that's the part that it always checks me of like, when someone's like, pray for your family member. I'm like, I probably won't pray for, no. Yeah. Now I need to like, like I'm, it's a good check in yourself. Like, what are you scared to predict in prayer? Like, what are you scared to ask God for? It's probably a sign of some faith that you're, that you're like hanging on to. Like I'll still keep this in my strength. It could be a sign of idolatry too. Yeah. Because um you won't trust God with his results. Yeah. So you won't you won't pray about it because you don't want him to do differently than you want him to do. Yeah. So if I pray and God has a different plan, I'm gonna have to yield to that plan. If I don't pray, then my plan doesn't get changed. Right. We may not like the plan we're living out, but it's the plan we're comfortable with. Right. So if I pray for um, for a financial miracle and God says, no, I'm not going to do that financial miracle, then I'm going to have to yield to God's plan. But if I'm just broke, then right. I'm broke. Right. Yeah, that's good. I pray for God to promote me and he says, I'm actually going to demote you. And then you're like, well, that's not what I wanted. I wanted you to promote me. Yeah. And then we're ticked off because his plan was different. So rather than praying about it, I won't even talk to him about that part of my life because right. I don't want him to have I don't want a it to different change. plan. 
Yeah, which you see a lot, even in jokes. Don't don't uh what's the what's this like the cheesy one? Don't don't ask God not to be a missionary or something. Yeah, never don't tell don't tell God where you won't go or don't don't tell him you won't go to Africa. Right, or else I need Africa. Like we literally we make jokes, but I feel like that does form a little bit of an opinion on like, oh, I guess God likes to do the opposite of what we ask. Right. Like versus like maybe it's not the opposite. Again, like you said, it's just it's a different plan for the same thing. Like we if we're spending that time with God, alone with God and working through that, hopefully we're aligning ourselves with him to where the things we're praying for, the things he wants to do in our lives anyway. Right. So we can't, yeah, well, I guess you, you put in like preventing against injustice, but we're not like sitting around praying someone gets murdered and hoping that that comes true. Like, you know what I mean? Like God's still going to align our hearts a little bit. So the things we're predicting, if we're letting him speak back and it's not a one way conversation, hopefully the things we start praying are the same, but it's weird that we just have a, joke culture and i've even heard people seriously say like oh yeah i I won't pray about that because i don't i know what the answer is (laughs) yeah yeah right a hundred (laughs) percent which is crazy it is we have a little bit of a messed up view of god so the one i always hear and i and, and i've kind of combated a few times in the sermon but don't pray for patience i hear that one all oh yeah the time that like, even got brought up on our mission trip. I heard it there. From the Wyoming crew or from our crew? A little bit from, from our crew, but the Wyoming crew is there too. I shouldn't have prayed for patience. Look at this team that I have to travel with. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not what they said. I said that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, yeah, because who is God? No, he knows how to give good gifts. Right. So when we... Pray for patience. Like if our kid was like, Dad, can you teach me how to be patient? And like, oh yeah, here we go. I'm going to annoy the crap out of you now. Yeah. I'm going to teach you how to be patient. All right, you little kid who wants to be patient. You little snobby little (laughs) patient kid. Here we go. Like, what do we think God is? Dad, could you help me be patient? Yes, you'll only get presents every five years now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, that's not what a good parent would do. No, he... So there's nothing that God wants to do in our life that we need to avoid or be afraid of. Right. And he's not making jokes. He's not making jokes in our name and in our, like in our prayer, like, you know, it's, it's like the whole, like the mythological, like the genie where you can wish for something and it kind of comes true, but there's like the half that you didn't hear about, you know, and it's like that same thing. Oh, you asked for patience. So I'll give you patience but it'll be real rough for you like it'll be in an annoying way or you asked for healing for your friend now you have cancer <laughs> like something right. like no God, god's not gonna trick you but it feels like we do that with some with some little things like right i feel like a lot of it is patience i hear a lot of it in with like direction like where god wants you to be you have relationships relationships hey why don't you pray about whether or not you should date that girl well, I know what God will say, so I'm not going to pray about it. Yeah. So you're just in direct, it, you're in direct disobedience. Yeah. You, so you don't have to wait for him to tell you no. You already know he's going to say no. So you're disobedient anyway. Yeah. So it would be, you know, my kids, um, you know, why didn't you ask me if you could light the house on fire? Well, we knew you'd say no. Right. 
So why did you light the house on fire? <laughs> right. That just makes it worse. <laughs> that didn't save you anything. No, yeah. That makes it worse for you. Yeah, because you know, yeah, that's that's so true. I just find it funny that that's just such, it's such a thing we do. But I mean. Because we don't believe that God, I think innately we don't believe that God is good. Mm-hmm. It's why we're not hanging out with him. It's why we're not praying yeah. to him. It's why we don't, why prayer is religious and, yeah. and not relational because we just ultimately still don't believe that God is good. Yeah. He's still just, he's just an angry God on a mountain who wants to yell at us. We have to get that he sent Jesus mm. to die on the cross for us because he loves us and he wants us and he enjoys us. And that is just, we're still haven't overcome that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a hard, it's a hard piece. Um, Do you want to talk about boxing? <laughs> you're Mike, you're Mike Tyson. Yeah. I mi- I didn't miss. <laughs> Sorry. That's just a funny segue. Um, I did miss part of it. Cause that was when you called us up. Gotcha. So I did like that. You used that. You didn't for a second. You didn't want to run out. No, of time. I did. You did use the Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. You might have been spending time with the Lord, maybe. <laughs> yeah, deep sleep time with the Lord. Listen, um, Sunday was hard. I got a lot of free coffee just from how pathetic I looked. Mm. So Wayne, I probably drank about a gallon. Yeah, Wayne, our broadcast director, he had a six shot coffee that his wife brought him, and he was like, "Don't give it to me." Give it to the man lying on stage playing bass right now. And yeah, so I don't remember much. Usually when we travel, I'm pretty good. Like yeah. when we come back from Africa, I, on that whole return trip, which could be like between 40 and 50 hours yeah. return trip home, I figure out what the time is at home and I adjust. And you start. So I start two yep. days ahead of time. Like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep from 10 AM to 4 PM because that's nighttime at home. Yep. But on this trip, we get on the flight from Denver to Boston, and all of a sudden we're we're like going up in the air, and I realize, wait a minute, it's three a.m. at home. Oh no! Quick, 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 get us! Oh no! Yeah, I'm in trouble. What was I doing? And this one was—I've never done a trip like this. Like we walked in with our carry-on into church, yeah. and I put that in my office. I took my backpack off, and then we went up on stage. Like that yeah. was from the airport to the church. And I just don't think we've ever done anything like that. So that was just a, uh, Thanks yeah. For serving. A, and for everybody else who did, you did it first. So I felt like it was a challenge. Well, I can't, I wasn't, I can't it, back out. We, I, you know, I think we needed to serve the church, which, yeah. which is, I think additionally, we need people to step up. So mm-hmm. if you're listening and, you're taking the easy life. Like that was a hard week for us. And part of it was we had so many key members gone and yeah. not enough people to fill the spots. Yeah. There's people holding out on their gifting and their yeah, calling. Absolutely. And so, you know who you are. <laughs> I know who you are too. I know who you are too. <laughs> Yeah. In a way it was good for me. I spent two weeks with a 
with only how many people did we bring? Thirteen. Twelve of us. Twelve of us. And then uh, Travis and Aaron right. were there as well. Right. So there was thirteen people that I knew previously, and then I had to spend a full week working with people I never met before. So talking to new guests was actually easier than it's ever been on a Sunday because I'm just like. I've been with strangers all week. I'm ready f- to talk to strangers and have conversations. And like, uh, you know, I just thought that that piece was easy, but just to mentally be there. Apparently I was a little, I was music director. Apparently I was a little rude to our drummer. He said he appreciated it, but our, but Charlotte said I was being rude. Cause I was just like, I had no tact. Just like off, you're off, play this beat. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> come in now. So that was like the only piece that was like, all right, I could have worked on that, but, but tell me about boxing tangent. Well, the, the illustration was, um, that, um, the enemy's always attacking you at the same level. But if you feel like, like he's increased his attack, maybe he hasn't increased his attack, but his punches are landing more Mm. because you're praying less. And um, you're dropping your arms a little bit. You're yeah, his, the face. his, you know, Mike Tyson, he comes into that fight with Buster Douglas. His punches weren't landing like they used to. He wasn't as dynamic in that fight as he'd been in his previous fights because he didn't train as much. He mm. came in a little bit, maybe cocky or yeah. just a little bit underestimating the enemy. And so he wasn't dodging the punches from the enemy. He was actually leaning right into him. And so many rounds later he's knocked out right and i just think you you know so many people adopting worldly philosophies Mm. uh so many people walking away from the church walking away from jesus not just in our church but in in uh, just culture yeah and i just wonder if a root of that is just prayerlessness yeah they three years down three years ago they stopped just hanging out with God, right. spending time with him. Um, and the enemy was jabbing them over and over and over again. Mm. Small punch to the face, jab, 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 right. jab, 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 jab. And finally he takes a knockout punch and they walk away from God. Yeah. And that doesn't just happen. Right. Right. You're slowly. Letting your guard distancing. down. Yeah. Through. Dropping your arms. I've never thought through that. I have always like thought like, you know, there's always the um, people think the more they're going to do for God, the heavier the, the attacks are because they're doing something for God. Right. Like that's a lot of, I forget. What was it? It was actually an awesome scene in the chosen where the demon was like, he doesn't like, he doesn't like the smell of you. And the guy was like, thanks. Like he took it as a big compliment. The more you want to attack me must mean the more useful I am for God. And like that idea right. of like higher attacks come, but, but really most likely the more we're doing for God, the more we might just be letting our guard down and we're just trying to focus in on maybe we lose track and we work on the work and, but the enemy is still attacking everyone. He's all attacking. I think sometimes because the enemy, so Satan is not, um, omnipresent, which we forget. So mm. he only exists in one place. Mm. So he he's going to spend his effort tempting Jesus in the wilderness and taking out 
people who have greater influence. So Satan's not going to show up to mm. Nate Gagney <laughs> because that would be a waste <laughs> of his efforts. Yeah. All right. Because, but he's going to show, he's going to show up to the Pope because mm. he could take out 3 million people. Right. With that one guy. Yeah. Um, but he's got, you know, he's got people assigned to all of us. Yeah. So a third of heaven's angels. Right became demons and so they've all got their yep assignments and so some of the interns you know they're just not maybe are not as skilled or crafty or <laughs> right. but 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 they're assigned to us anyway right. they can torment us right and then they've, they've obviously they've got leaders because we see hierarchy in heaven right that are assigned to end up assigned to different people mm-hmm. going on that but uh, it's pretty interesting, though. I think a lot of people lean into that. <laughs> uh, how much time have we been talking? I want to talk about influence, but I don't know how long we've been going. So Michelle and I, we've been talking uh, the last couple of nights since I've been home about, and I th- did we talk? We talked about this in in apprenticeship yesterday too, because it's just what we're talking about and thinking yeah. about. But our our influences in our life are a big part to this jab, jab, uppercut, mm. you know, being taken out. Um, Cause not every influence is a good influence. Right. And not every so-called godly influence is actually leading you toward God. Right. So much teaching about in the Bible and warnings about false teachers. Mm-hmm. And they say everything about Jesus. They say everything you want to hear, but then there's just one subtle little shift right. in there and you keep allowing that person to be influenced in your life and you're not following Jesus in a very short time. Right. You've adopted some progressive form of Christianity, which is not Christianity. Right. It is a false gospel, a false gospel, which does not lead to salvation, right. but it looks so much like it. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to like warn people. Mm. Not every Christian YouTuber you should be listening to. Not every Christian theologian you should be listening to. Not every Christian pastor you should be listening to. And the moment something shows up that's woke, the the minute something shows yeah. up that's against historical traditional Christianity, unsubscribe and get the heck out of there. Right. Act like Joseph. With Potiphar's wife, <laughs> yeah. get out of there because yeah. it's dangerous to keep allowing someone to influence you who's veering off and yeah. veering away from Scripture and the Bible. You stick around there, and um, and you'll be taken out. Yeah, and that doesn't mean we don't ever study opposing sides, but studying an opposing side is not listening. To the opposing side. Right. Um, it's not learning about them and learning from them, I think, are a, a little bit different posture. Right. And you have, because you have to go into it that way. Like if you're going to read a book to research someone that has an opposite opinion as you, you go into that a lot differently than you would reading a book, someone else. But a lot of times, like we don't have that same type of filter or guard if someone is a pastor. We'll, we'll go in with a, all right, I'm, I'm ready to hear the message. And then you're almost l- less likely to hear the, 
the subtle differences that you're talking about. And so that's all, that is a little bit of the hard part, but I think anytime you're going into any teaching of someone you haven't heard a lot about, you should probably still have that filter. Let me learn a little bit about their theology, right? So right now there's that huge trend of TikTok sized theology. I have this amount of time in my TikTok. Let me teach you a, a huge foundational truth. And that's really scary. And there's a lot of really bad ones that, that but they'll quote scripture and they right. won't write and, and they will, they'll make it sound super convincing. And there's actually a guy on YouTube that will follow these TikTokers. He'll watch all of their videos and then produce a 20 minute video saying, here's what their theology really is. Let's just take a second and realize. And like, those things are really important. And he's like, they said this in this video and this in this video, which means this must be their theology. You should be a little wary about listening to them. Right. But we are in like a, let's just take in information at 60 seconds at a time. If I like stage it, stage of life, then I'm going to follow them. Yeah. Ooh, that tickles my ears. I'm trying to think of one that's not as highly controversial. I mean, I'm sure it is to some people, mm. but um, like uh, women in ministry, right? Yeah. So we have female pastors in our church. Not every church does. Right. In fact, some churches would believe that our female pastors are in sin and are headed to hell yeah. because they're pastors in our church. Yep. And they would they would probably say the same thing for me. So we don't believe that. Um, and certainly there's a lot of study on that. You, you know, you just think about um, Deborah, was it Deborah, who was a female judge? So in the time before Kings, yep. God appointed a female judge yep. over the nation of Israel. So that's a, usually a pretty good one. And then you've got female prophets and female deacons. Right. And so there's places in scripture where right. females are leading right. men. Um, but you begin to listen to, um, to pastors who don't affirm that and you allow, and you just keep listening to them. Right. Well, eventually you start looking at restoration church and you're like, how dare they let pastor Victoria be a pastor? Right. How dare they let Michelle preach from the stage? And then you end up leaving the church because of you've allowed someone right. to be an influence. influence you. And that's not necessarily, then that's not a heaven or hell decision. That's just right. a fellowship decision. Mm -hmm. And you begin thinking something as sin that's not sin. So, but the dangerous part is when you begin thinking something's not sin that is sin. Right. And that. I mean, there's all kinds of wacky doodle. Right. Yeah, because it's almost like it's stupid, but adding a list of sins, whatever, you're just limiting yourself into in weird ways, but removing lists, that affects you. Like just having more convictions for yourself is fine, right? Like unless you really are going to like hold people back from their own calling because whatever, but, but you're right. The dangerous piece is I'll start allowing certain things that, Bible talks about, but I'm, I'm not convinced. Yeah, you can about get it. you can you can listen to teachings where people will tell you that you don't need um a a government uh, you don't need a government piece of paper to be married. So we're married in God's eyes. Yeah, 
And you can listen to teaching. You'll convince yourself that. You'll sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend and say, we're married in God's eyes. Well, no, you're not. Because as soon as you walk away, you're just going to walk away. Right. You're not married in God's eyes. Right. Stop kidding yourself. You're right. fornicating. You're in sin. Admit it. Understand what you're doing and stop listening to these false teachers that are right. telling you who are leading you to hell, deliberately leading you to hell. They may not know they're doing it deliberately, but right. the enemy's got them wrapped up and smoking pot is from the earth. It's it's herb of the <laughs> it's herb from the, from the earth that God permits us to use. Wait, come on. He says, be sober-minded. He says, right. do not be drunk. And he, uh, Yeah, they were talking about alcohol, but the principle is the same. Right. And you can convince yourself, no, I'm using this for my anxiety. No, no doctor's pre prescribing this to you. You right. found some you guy on the internet, yeah. and you prescribed it yourself. Yep. Um, and, and all just nonstop teaching. Whatever sin you want to do, you can find... Teachers you can who find tell someone you it's tell okay, you it's fine, and that and that's honestly that's how they're getting their following. Yeah. Hey, I found the argument that will let you get past your sin and make it acceptable now. Yeah. And so, oh well, they have you know they have a huge online presence. They have a lot of people. Like, yes, it's because they found the people that wanted that sin, and they're permitting it now. What I've been telling my. My sons, I've been telling them for, for a lot of years, I'm having this conversation more and I was there, you know, one of them starting to enter high school. Right. I trust you. I believe in you. But the world is dangerous. All right. I need you to keep me as the key influence in your life. It's a choice you have to make, but I'm asking you to make that choice. If, I, if I'm talking to you about a friend and I'm saying, I don't want you to hang out with that person anymore. You've got to trust me. If you start liking the girl and at the moment you realize you like her, talk to me about it. And if I say no, you've got to trust me. I'm not trying to hold. You've got to trust. Let right. me be the key influence in your life. And it's scary and dangerous to say this to a church, but let me be the key spiritual influence in your life. Yeah. Don't let it be a YouTuber. Yeah. Don't let it be a celebrity pastor. Don't let it be. Not that you can't, because I've got influences, but my key influence is still Dennis Marcourt. It's right. not Mark Driscoll or Robert Morris right. or Andy Stanley or Stephen Furtick or Rick Warren. No, my local pastor is still my key influence yeah. in my life. And if I go... To my local pastor and I'm like, hey, I've been listening to this book. What are your thoughts? He's like, I don't think you should listen to that. I'd be like, well, I mean, I'm a grown man. I'm a pastor. Yeah. If, if he were to, were to warn me, I would listen. I would yeah. heed yep. to the instruction of my local elder. Mm. And I think that's very important. Yeah. And that's one of the ways that we guard ourselves. That's one of the ways we protect ourselves. That's one of the ways we finish the race. Right. And I think, and I think like, you know, when you're trying to search for certain things, like you've talked about before, like the lens of how you take, how you're looking through your beliefs, you're looking through the Christians around you, your, I forget how you, your elders that you have and scripture, scripture. you need to line up those three things and, 
And that's kind of how you try and filter through things. And so again, like if you're searching for really obscure translations to back your belief, but there are other translations that can disprove it. All right. That's a good sign that you're probably trying to distort it. Or if you're avoiding talking to your pastor about a new belief you're forming, that's a good sign that you're starting to veer off. It's the same thing of like not praying to God. If you're not willing to talk to your pastor about a new belief, chances are, you know, it's because you know it's in the wrong. Right. Um, And same thing. Like if you're, if you're the opposite opinion of all of your friends, but at one point you were all aligned where, what changed? Did all your friends change or did you change? Like you need to line up with all three to try and check yourself early on. You know what I mean? Sin is so, and, and falling away from God that that slippery slope, as yeah. they said during the eighties and nineties, <laughs> yeah. it is not hard to find yourself apostate yeah. to find yourself away from God with a hard heart toward God. Yeah. It's continual daily repentance, continual correction from his word, from yeah. our elders, from our friends. Like the enemy is deceitful. He's doing everything he possibly can at all times to get us to, to reject God or to believe a false God, right. um, to create our own God. He is constantly after us, right? And certainly, I've been on the on the opposite side of deception. All of a sudden, I have a wake up call. I'm like, "What am I doing? Right? I've been in sin for the last three years. What am I doing? How did I get here? Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's like it's slippery, but it's slow. Yeah. It's like old houses with their foundation. Like by the time everyone knows the foundation has been slipping. They're like, how do we fix it? Well, we got to tear out half the half the house because yeah. th- we need to fix the foundation. A, and no a water noticed. leak in the attic. Yeah, yeah. We didn't like know this. it was leaking. Now we have to strip the house to the bare studs because there's black mold everywhere. Right. So it's like it's slippery, but it's slow. And things that are slow are really hard for you to catch. Yeah. So I'm a ginormous fat guy. I get a step on the scale every day because otherwise <laughs> overnight I'll have gained 75 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how did that happen in one night? How did I gain 75 pounds in one night? Well, it just didn't happen in one night. It happened right. over probably seven. Right. Seven nights. <laughs> <laughs> it happened over the course of camp. Yeah. <laughs> when they give us cheesecake every single lunch. Oh yeah. The, my favorite joke was when, um, I had cheesecake. It was just, and then we'll close the books, but I had cheesecake and I couldn't find a plate. And you were like, Oh yeah, he just eats cheesecake with his hands. Cause he pretends it's fruit or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I am at this point with cheesecake. Cause we've had it every night. I've learned how it crumbles. I can hold it. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about books. I, I just recently read just on the prayer and I don't know if we've already talked about it, but dangerous prayers by Craig Rochelle. I liked that one a lot. Um, I had the audio book of that. Um, and that was a really good one. Um, again, just talking about like not stopping to pray, not stopping your prayers for the big stuff because you're afraid God won't do it. And so he talks a lot about that. I think that's a good book. I don't know if you've read anything recently. Was- well, I don't want to recommend the same book Stephen and Michelle recommended last week because Stephen recommended Dangerous Prayers. Oh, dang it. And Michelle recommended Circle Maker. Trip. Circle Maker. Um, there's a classic 
book on prayer by Ian e. Bounds. I'm pretty sure it's titled Prayer. That's like the classic. That's the the one they give you as a textbook in Bible college. Oh, okay. So there's that one. And I was just looking to see off the top of my head if there was another one. Might be disappearing because he's looking at his bookshelf behind him. Um, I can't remember off the off the top of my head, but um, yeah, for a reason I can't remember. I, that's fair. Well, that's one and a half books because I remember one. I can mine. remember the cover of one from when I was twenty, but I don't remember what it was called. It was probably called Prayer. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so Prayer by Unknown Artist. But but yeah, I mean, you get two recommendations for Dangerous Prayer, two recommendations for Circle Maker. You can make that work. Definitely pick up one of those. Uh, he's got a few offshoots of that too. So Praying Circles Around Your Children. Oh, okay. Um, and I like that book a lot because I think we feel guilty to pray some of the things we pray. So Mark Batterson, that book talked about praying for one of his sons that, um, that he would, um, I don't remember exactly how he mentioned it, but essentially like that he would like girls. Oh, he was praying that, which we would feel weird or even guilty to pray that. Yeah. But there's such a onslaught against sexuality maybe you could i pray that my son would know he's a boy yeah and he wouldn't like get a he that the enemy wouldn't praying against that spiritual attack right um which anyway his transparency in that book was something that's cool pretty refreshing that's cool yeah i definitely probably download that That i think i think all those kids are like in their 20s now so it was quite an old book. But. Right. That's fine. We can see how it worked out for him. Yeah. <laughs> we have the social proof. Cool. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, one thing that I always think through, if you are listening to this, um, to, to even share, you know, we have the, we are restoration group and a bunch of you are in our Slack. If you're a volunteer leader or anything, I love for, you know, the feedback for us always helps us love to hear how, how this podcast is helping you or just points that you liked or even questions. So if you on Sunday hear something, you should post, Hey, could we hear about this in the podcast in our group? And if you're not in our group, just go to our Facebook and join the group. Um, but that would be a great way for us to like get a pulse on things that you guys are wanting to hear. So you feel free to do that. Um, other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week. 